The Confluence Story Gathering Podcast is a production of Confluence, a community-supported nonprofit that connects people to the history, living cultures, and ecology of the Columbia River system. Find us at confluenceproject.org. Now I'm going to tell an Esper's legend story. Hello, and welcome to Confluence Radio, Indigenous Voices of the Columbia River. I'm Colin Fogarty, Executive Director of Confluence. On today's program, you're going to hear something most people never get a chance to hear. That is, extended excerpts of stories in a traditional native language of the Northwest, specifically the Namipu, or Nez Perce people. Their reservation is in Idaho. Harry Slickpoo Jr. is a traditional storyteller and member of the Nez Perce tribe. He begins with a story called How Eel Lost His Bones. He will translate what he's saying, but we wanted to give you the opportunity to hear how the story was told originally, to hear the cadence and expressiveness of the Nimipu language. In addition to being a traditional storyteller, Harry Slickpoo Jr. is a language instructor for the Northwest Indian College and for Lewiston High School. Harry is also the collections specialist for the Nez Perce Tribe's research library and a cultural consultant to Nez Perce tourism. Harry spoke to Confluence during a virtual story gathering. Today's program for you is the stories he told us, beginning with how Eel lost his bones. My Indian name is Red Skunk, Tispet Il Bill. Um, my English name is Harry Slickboom. My mother is Sandra Slickpoo, and she's uh, what we call Kalapoya, uh, for the California uh, natives um, from Chukchansi. My maternal grandfather was the late Robert Hutchins, and my maternal grandmother was the late Sandra Lamborn. My father was Harry Slickpoo Sr., and my paternal grandfather was the late Alan Slickpoo Sr. And my paternal grandmother was the late Ernestine Hayes Slickpoo. My great-grandparents were Samuel Slickpoo and Bessie Joshua. Yok 
Hawapi loch me bahaneku hi ko pi nakaau nakau na wako ko hitkatenatama ku us haau ko na pahis na laam peeps ke koni hasu us zaya peeps lechleeks ka peeps laam hisa peeps na yochkiwail and so the English uh, free translation says this. Once upon a time, there lived many different kinds of creatures, all of them animals. One day, two of them, the eel and suckerfish, challenged each other at the stick game. I'm an expert at the stick game, said one. You don't need to look far to meet your match. I'm right here, said the other. Now we'll play. Don't let anyone interfere. Only the two of us will play stick game. Then they played, suckerfish on one side eel on the other. They played almost the whole night long. Eventually, Suckerfish defeated the eel. He won from him everything he had, and eel was left without even his scales. That's why the eel has no scales today. After eel had lost everything, he told Suckerfish, I'm going to bunch up as many bones as I have. And so eel bit his bones and began to gamble again. They continued playing, and by this time, the sun was rising. Eel had lost all of his bones. This is why the eel has no bones, no scales, nor anything. He lost them all to suckerfish in the stick game. And so when my students uh, reflect upon this, a lot of the times they, their message that comes through is... Um, know when to hold them and know when to fold them, I guess, kind of the concept of don't, you know, don't get, let your pride think that you're the better, um, better than somebody else, um, because there's always going to be somebody out there who's better than you. Um, not to gamble too much that you, you can't afford to, you know, pay or go in so, so much a deep of a debt that you, you end up with nothing at the end of the day. You're listening to Confluence Radio, Indigenous Voices of the Columbia River. You've been hearing traditional Nez Perce storyteller Harry Slickpoo tell the story of how Eel lost his bones. So the next story I wanted to share was the cannibal story. And in this story, he's referred to as Pops Palo. Pops Palo is um, the word that we use for, I believe it's the Okanagan people, uh, but it means people from the fir, uh, fir trees, I guess, um, Pops. In this story, the way I learned it, they never really um, called him a cannibal, but they did say that he was um, ipnapping. He was he self-eaten, so he ate himself up. I'm going to take you to Google Earth here. During his presentation, Harry Slickpoo Jr. showed images of locations associated with the stories he was telling, 
while you can't see them right now, try to envision the places he's describing along the Columbia and Snake Rivers. And we're going to be in the what we call the Matalaima country, the upper drainages of the river. So we have the the Snake, or the excuse me, the Columbia, the Snake, and then here at Lewiston and Clarkston, the Clearwater. And if you keep following the Clearwater River up, like you're going towards Missoula, Montana, you come to the community of Kamii. And this here is where the picture that you asked what's behind me, this here is that mountain in East Kamii. You can't really hardly, but that's where the heart of the monster site is right there. And going about seven miles up the river from there, we come to a place called Kuski, Idaho. And in this general um, vicinity is where this story takes place. More specifically, um, if we look at this mountain here, it's known as Akachtiwin, Akachtiwin, and that's Magpie Bend. So this bend in the river here is known as Akachtiwin. And I'll focus on this mountain here because it's going to be an important part of the story. I'm going to tell another story. A long time ago, the people lived everywhere. Before there was any humans, there was only animal people living here. Uh, one day, these five brothers, Pachlo Askamatan, the five brothers went out to hunt. The oldest one, he was married and he had a wife. But his four younger brothers were bachelors. They, they were unmarried. The oldest brother uh, shot a deer and wounded it. And the deer ran off down the canyon. And so the oldest brother followed it, followed after it. While he was uh, preparing his animal and taking care of it, you know, gutting it out, bleeding it, he cut himself on his hand. And instantly he put his hand in his mouth. You know how we do to stop our bleeding. So he cut himself and he, he put his hand in his mouth and he tasted his own blood. And it, it changed him. He liked that. He liked the taste of his own blood. So he just, if napping he was, he ate himself up. And the, the brothers came back to, to camp and all of the people in the village were saying, well, where's your oldest brother? They said, I don't know. Um, maybe he must have got lost because he didn't return. And so they said, okay, well, the next day you you guys go out and look for him. So the second oldest brother went out looking for him, and he was saying, Tata, Tata, brother, where are you? And the oldest brother, the, the cannibal that ate himself, he said, hey, I'm down here. Come help me. I have this deer. I need help. 
And so the brother, his brother, little brother went down there. Uh, the cannibal brother had made a intestine ropes and lassoed his brother around the feet. And he killed his brother and piled his bones up. And the on that went, oh, then the end of the day, the people said, what happened? The, the next brother didn't return. And so that happened for the third and the fourth brother. And finally, the, they came down to the youngest. And he was kind of afraid going out there looking because they don't know what's going on. And the people said, well, maybe they're taking care of each other, you know, helping them out, helping each other out. They're okay. Not knowing what was really going on. So the youngest one went out. And he was saying, tsa, tsa, and the, the cannibal brother, he said, hey, we're down here. Come help us. On his way down the hill, he stepped on Meadowlark's leg. And he said, oh, Auntie, I'm sorry. If you tell me what happened, I'll fix your leg. And so Meadowlark quotes, quotes, uh, tells the youngest brother what happened. Meadowlark says, your brother, he wounded a deer down and chased it down the canyon. And he's killed all of your other brothers and piled their bones up. So there's this place up on top of the hill that has a lot of um, flint or obsidian. You, What you do is you make knives and tie them around your legs. So that way, when the cannibal tries to catch you, he, it'll cut up his rope. So he did that. And, and then he fixed Meadowlark's leg um, with a specific kind of wood and said, yeah, yeah, auntie, thank you. And so he, he went down the canyon to where his brother, he heard his brother's saying that that's where he was. And sure enough, he came down there and he saw the cannibal just feet that's looking just scary, frightening. His, he just um, pissed him just a skeleton and his heart was just beating in his chest, just beating in his chest. And sure enough, here comes that intestine rope to try to catch him. And the youngest brother turns quickly to run and cannibal tries to catch him with his rope. But those um, knives that Meadowlark told the brother to put on his feet were cutting up his rope and he escaped. And so from there, he ran down to the village and he told the people, this is what my brother, he killed all the other ones. And he tried to kill me too. And so the camp crier made the announcement that we're going to move camp. Let us move. We're going to move camp and get away from here. And so there was the wife, the cannibal's wife. She said, no, I can't leave my husband. We have a child. This is my daughter. And I'm going to wait until my husband gets home. So here, a little while later, they're 
people had already left and moved on, and here she is by herself. Sitting outside one day, she could hear something coming along down the mountain. And Pumpsia, she heard him. Do cash me pops balloon to buy me Pumpsia. Hocus come he cut out to cash me pops balloon to deny me Pumpsia. Hocus come he cut out that yoch, yoch, yoch was the sound of his bones rattling as he went along. Oh, and the wife got scared, got really uh, afraid. And he came up, the cannibal came up, said, oh, there's my wife and my baby. Give me my baby. So she handed the baby over there and he's just rocking the baby in his arms. Mux, mux, stein, mux, mux, stein. And she got really afraid because that song he was singing says, oh, just one swallow and I could eat you right up. And she said, give me my baby back. I'm going to take him down to the water and wash her up. She'll taste better for you. So she grabbed the baby and um, a little wooden spoon on her way out the door. And she ran down to the uh, water and she uh, spit on the willow trees down there by the water. And she said, if that cannibal comes, you say, whoo, whoo, and you throw him off, distract him. And so then she made her canoe and, or she made her wooden spoon into a big canoe and she escaped down the river to the village people where, where the people were in the village. And she said, it's true, he's, he's coming this way and he's very horrible to look at. And so he, she was taking too long down at the water, and the cannibal says, "Humpets, boom! Hurry up and hurry up and get back here." And so he went down to the water to look for her, and he's like, "Hey, where you at?" And the willow bushes would answer, "Who, who?" And so he got mad because he knew that he was tricked, and he beat those bushes up. So the people got together and they decided, well, what are we going to do? How, how are we going to uh, kill this cannibal? And so Mukka, the crane, he said, what you can do is bury me and leave me a little bit of a uh, place so I can breathe in my uh, grave, and then I'll leave my foot sticking out. That will be kind of like a bait to and entice the cannibal here to stop and see me. So that's what they did. They went up onto the edge of a mountain and they buried um, the crane in a shallow grave there. And pretty soon the crane heard the cannibal, Pamtia, uh, heard him coming. To Pops Balloon, me Hocus, 
that crane, he, he wanted to just dart out of that um, grave, but he stood still. He stood there and then he heard the cannibal talking. He said, oh, my brother, what happened, my brother? And he's reaching down. I'm just going to take some, cut some meat off your legs here, feed myself. And so the cannibal was about ready to start cutting on his legs there. And he kicked his leg straight out. Yo, ho, 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 fell over the cliff. And that's where the cannibal died. And then the people lived um, happy after that. You're listening to Confluence Radio. To find out more about Confluence and the five completed sites along the Columbia River system, check out our website, confluenceproject.org. So here, um, between Spalding and Lewiston, Idaho, we have a place that's called Atwaima. That's this tributary right here, Atwaima. Today, because of the corruption on our English, the English speakers say Hatway. They call this place Hatway. And there are dozens of stories in this little area right here including um, frog woman. There's the, the animal people that are frozen in stone. That's these big boulders here. That comes from the animal people had a council. There is um, the rabbit and rattlesnake. And directly across the river, we have the brown bear there's a bear here on the top and up here we have coyote and cow elk these these you can't hardly see them here because the highway department over the years has chipped away at this but these um, two pointed rock uh, formations here are cow elk's ears so there's a story that tells about how coyote was hunting a cow elk and this right here is where she landed. Also across, we have um, Coyote's dip net, which is outlined right here. This is Coyote's dip net. And a little bit ways past um, Spalding, we have the ant and the yellow jacket story, which is right here, which is another Nespers National Historic uh, Landmark. And so this small area here has a lot of stories um, and a lot of things that are connected, that connect us to the land. And this one here, this, this for rock formation, you can't really tell from this angle, but this is what's referred to as the sleeping chief. Uh, today, people call it the sleeping chief, but people who know his name call him Kotsainamya. 
that means the elbow baby. So a long time ago, it's a yaya, that's coyote, and his friend, Talipa, that's the fox. They lived together. You know, they, they were like best friends. They were such good friends. They considered themselves brothers. They called each other brother. Well, coyote had five daughters and fox had five daughters. One day, it's a yeah, yeah, noticed that he had a growth or a boil growing at the end of his elbow. And as the days would go on, that the boil would get bigger and bigger and bigger. Till finally one day, it was irritating him and he reached down to scratch it and it popped. And out popped his only boy. That's how Itziaya got his only son. Well, Coyote would go out and he would do normal coyote activities. He would go chase down field mice or go bringing in wood for the family home, just different activities. And while he would do that, he would leave his um, baby boy into the care of his daughters. And so all the girls would babysit their little brother. One day they were babysitting and the, the girls figured out that if they tickled the baby, that he would giggle and laugh. And they said, oh, he owes its gates. Oh, so wonderful to hear the giggling and laughter of a baby. Such a wonderful thing. And so they began tickling the baby and continued tickling the baby just to hear him laugh. Finally, after a while, they were tickling him so long, the baby became exhausted. He lost his breath and he passed away. When Coyote got back home, he found his, his baby just lying there cold and motionless. And he was heartbroken. He sat there and he said, saying, so that song's interpreted as saying, my child, my child, I will never see you again, my child. Well, he got up and he said, you know, that my boy, he was going to grow up to be a respected man. He's going to be a good leader, a good provider, good hunter and a good fisherman. He was going to be a brave warrior, fearless in battle. And so to respect or to um, honor this life that this boy was supposed to have, I'm going to place him up here on the hillside for everyone to see and remember the kind of life that you should have as well. And so Kyle also predicted um, that these people who are coming to the, this land, the human beings, when they come into their lives, they're gonna experience that loss that I felt in losing my only son. And they're gonna feel sorrow just like I did. And so that's how our feeling of, of um, mourning our, our loss of our loved ones started because Coyote first felt it. My heart is thankful and happy 
that each one of you have taken the time uh, to be here and hear these few short words that I have to share today. You've been listening to Harry Slickpoo Jr., a traditional storyteller from the Namipu, also known as the Nez Perce tribe. Thanks to Harry for sharing his words and stories during a Confluence story gathering online. To find out more about Confluence and the five completed sites along the Columbia River system, check out our website, confluenceproject.org. Remember, Confluence is a community-supported nonprofit. We can only do this work because of the generous support from the Friends of Confluence. That's you. Join us today at confluenceproject.org. Thanks for listening to Confluence Radio.